Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is hosted by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is your trusted partner in organizational excellence. It's uh, run by, uh, founded by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, and former Army officer. We thank Joe Ross for sponsoring this podcast. And this is our recap of a thrilling Armed Forces Bowl win for Army. Um, Steve Kripe here, Crawdad. Crawdad's countdown for kickoff. Steve, thanks for joining us tonight. Late late night recap reaction. Yeah. But when you have finishes like that, you have to go live right away. You can't wait for the next day. You know, you just you, you just can't wait for the next day when you have um, you know, an ending like that. Man, um 24-22, Black Knights win. The uh Armed Forces Bowl for the fourth time in four trips. So now four and oh there. Um Man, yesterday we were talking. To, uh, we were talking to the 2010 Armed Forces team. We had a little reunion going on, right? And it just talked about, you know, they lost their, the Navy game that year, and they wanted to finish the, finish with a bowl game win. And I think there was a lot of motivation for this team going in, right, Steve? Because yeah. they wanted to get, you know, it might be a little cliche saying they wanted to get that taste of Navy out of their mouth, right? But I mean, man, this game was. What a game. And in the second half, when Army scores that first touchdown, right, to make it close, 16-14, the reaction of the crowd there when Tyre Tyler threw that touchdown pass to Brandon Walters <laughs> was unbelievable. Steve, they were the crowd was locked into this game from there on, and they were pro-Army the rest of the way. I mean, oh, oh, it, yeah. Yeah, and maybe you can back it up from my perspective. You know, I did a quick look at the halftime stats, and at that point, uh, Missouri had a, about an 18-minute 18 per, uh, 18 time possession. So to put that in perspective, for a team like Army, whose defense, you know, is not used to being out there a whole lot. I mean, our time possession going into this game was just short of 36 minutes. So in the first half, our defense had been on the field about five or six minutes short of what they had done an entire game. And I'm thinking, okay, if we can't turn the tables pretty quick here, we're going to be gassed, you know, pretty quick. But I tell you what, yeah, it was a tell of two halves. And as you said, uh, the second half was remarkably different. The team came out with some intensity. Um, Yeah, I mean, to me, the two plays of the game are the one you just highlighted. You know, going forward on fourth down when yeah. we were clearly within fourth, uh, you know, a field goal range, we could take the lead, be content with a one-point lead, and hopefully the defense can hold it out to get that that touchdown. Um, and then Missouri turning it over on downs. You know, fourth and one, they go for it and lose a yard. Yeah. You know, those two, those were, you know, game changers. It's incredible how this game unfolds, right? Because you talk about the, the going for it on fourth down. When you go for it on fourth down, right, you're thinking, wait, does Army have a, an, enough trust in Cole Talley to make basically a chip shot field goal? So they go for it on fourth down. Great play call, great, great execution, right? So here we go. Missouri scores with uh, an Army has a minute and 11 left in the game. And I'm thinking right away, I tweeted Jabari Law's time, right? Because Christian Anderson's hurt. Tahir Tyler did a great job running the offense when he was in the game, but Jabari Laws is more of a thrower. So here comes Jabari Laws out of the bullpen. And like our, our Eric said, I mean, what a storybook ending for Jabari Laws, right? I mean, a guy who's two ACL injuries, missed, <laughs> I mean, just came back, didn't play. Uh, his last game was November of 2019 before this season, right? 
man, he had a great game against Wake Forest, right? And then he hadn't played. I don't think he's played much since that game. And here he is yeah. coming out of the bullpen. And what's the first play? He calls his own number and picks up 15 yards, right? He's he's right into the game, you know, right, right into the game. Couple throws, a penalty on on um a Mizzou and a hit hit Isaiah Austin with a slant. And then it's weird after he hits Isaiah Austin with a slant, you're like timeout, right? I know Army only has one left, 25 seconds left. They run the ball to the hash mark, the left hash mark. Then then they call timeout, and you're like, okay. Yeah, I, I I was surprised that you know they didn't either try to pick up some substantive yards, uh, maybe even a shot at the end zone, just you know you know icing on the cake. Um, but to me, I, I you know if I'm Cole Tally and I'm saying okay, I told them where I want it, they run it to the left hash mark. That's where I want it. That's all they got me. I mean, I, I take that as a vote of confidence, and maybe so part of it was a little of the. You know the mental aspect. You know setting Cole Tally up, um, but yeah, and I was happy for Cole. I oh, mean, absolutely. He, he's he's a solid talent, but has been hot and cold, and has has missed some ones that were gimmies and even some extra points. Um, and so to, for him to come in clutch time, you know, walk off the field a hero, um, and I couldn't be happier for him. If you guys are watching uh, us right now and you'd like to uh, comment, have any comments or questions, please send them our way. We'll happily answer them. You know, Cole Talley, I looked it up, Steve. He's from Rockwell, Texas, right? That's a little less than an hour from Fort Worth. Yes. So, I mean, today, I'm this game, right, you say to accept the invitation to the Armed Forces Bowl, right? It's a bowl that they've been to a couple times. And you seem like, wait, they were just in Texas when they beat Air Force, right? Do they really? Do you really want to go back to Texas and play a bowl game? Yes, you do want to go back to Texas <laughs> and play a bowl game, right? Um, Cade Bernard today. He only ran the ball four times, but he ran the ball like it was his last football game, right? He ran the ball with a lot of effort, um, pretty fast, hitting the hole fast. Picked up like eight to ten yards on on plays, and then Jacoby Buchanan, man, oh that 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 touchdown run to end the the first time uh, he, he he pancaked a couple guys going into the end zone that was classic but when you're talking about bernard to me his play of the game i can't remember what the play was but it was a, a a pass completion uh by uh i think it was when christian anderson was still in okay yeah guy came through up the middle and bernard put him on the ground he doesn't he doesn't make that block that play doesn't happen and so yeah, his running was great, aggressive, power running, classic fullback kind of style running. Uh, but that that block was just man, that was that was good. A senior, right? And I heard um, a radio interview that Rich DeMarco had with him before the game, right? And he was saying how you know this is the last time we're going to play together. This is the last time I'm probably going to play football. And man, he he went out and we could we'll talk about the defense in a little bit. Eric has a question. Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback next year? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's Ty here, Tyler, right now, right? It's the starting quarterback next year. And I think that, you know, Anderson is now sec Christian Anderson is now second lieutenant. Jabari Laws is going to graduate. Um, Jamel Jones um, was a little bit uh, – had, had some injuries this year. Uh, hopefully he can get back. And then uh, Cade Ballard is also in the mix. And Maurice Blonde still on the roster. And you have um, – a guy, a guy that watches Bryson Daly, a freshman. Bryson Daly, yeah. The plea that's been, I mean, even in the preseason, he was making a lot of, lot of noise. 
But, you know, I, I, I chuckle when I, saw, I read that question. My goodness, we haven't been able to guess who the starting quarterback is from game to game in, in 2021. Um, so, yeah, that's a different roll of the dice. But, but to me, the good news story of this, and I think you could say this at multiple positions, Munkin and staff have done a great job of establishing the pipeline in terms of talent. You know, we, we talked about fullback. I mean, the, the fullback pipeline is full. You know, we're going to start into 2022 with multiple fullbacks, with game time reps and those kind of things. And the same thing can be said for, uh, for um, quarterback. So I, it's good. There's going to be a lot of aggressive competition, both in spring ball and in the preseason. Um, but, yeah, you'd have to say T2 is probably in the driver's seat. I mean, he definitely <clears> – I think he played his stereotype to the uh, to his advantage because, you know, on that, that touchdown pass, T2 is not known as a, a throwing quarterback. Yeah, that was the last thing on Mizzou's mind, especially when they're going for it on fourth and short. You're thinking they're going to, you know – punch the Buchanan again um, yeah. and, and, and they punch in. So, you know, who knows, you know, he's, he's come away and is throwing more of a complete quarterback, uh, but we've got options. And as we've seen this year with injuries, you know, we talked about Jabari laws. Um, it's good to have depth at that position. Yeah. Um, you look at, I was, I was thinking about this, you know, the defense has a lot of seniors, right. And a lot of guys that are going to graduate, but when you look at the game, um, first off, Eric Smith was named MVP of the game. He had 12 tackles and two sacks and two and a half tackles for loss. I mean, you could have gone Cole Talley. You could have gone Jac Jacoby Buchanan. You had some guys to pick from there. Um, they went with a defensive player. Um, Eric Eric had a good Eric had a solid game for Army, no doubt. And when you look at you know the guys that they're losing on defense, right? And um, you look at the guys who made some plays today. Markel Broughton Jr. Andre Carter added on to his uh, record-setting year with yeah, another sack. That was, a, that was a great sack. And recovered a fumble too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're still going to have some playmakers on this defense. And like you said, that there's going to be guys that are going to be asked to step up at their positions, guys that have seen some time here and there. They're going to have to, you know, guys like a Nate Smith might have to step up, you know. And um, the secondary is pretty solid. They, they're going to lose Cedric Cunningham, so they're going to have to find somebody there. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean – yeah, you mentioned Eric Smith. I, I, I was glad to see him have a big game. Uh, I mean, gosh, one of our captains um, has been a solid contributor all year, not only in terms of on-field performance, but his leadership. But I think he sort of blended in the background when Andre Carter really became the storyline of the defense yeah. midway through the season. But, you know, he had some tremendous big plays there. Um, Markel Broughton, great to have one of our captains come back. I know he, he was devastated, you know, the go-ahead touchdown uh, when, when Mizzou take, took the lead late in the game, the guy that he was covering, you know, caught it. And it was just a well-thrown pass, really. Yeah, athletic he play call. Catch. He, play call. he couldn't really do much with that. That quarterback was really exactly. good tonight. He was, he, he, he was really good for that. If that's his first start, Missouri fans have a lot to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he only had 24 pass attempts going into this game. This season, so yeah, I think that was a surprise, and and that's one of the things that I said on you know on, on our Facebook page. You know, a lot of people thinking oh, we're going to blow them out. You know, they've got all these key starters out. You put it in perspective. You know, a team like Missouri. As a matter of fact, I look back at their last five recruiting classes. They're consistently top forty recruiting classes. They even bumped up to top twenty five. So you put that in perspective. For Army, we're doing well if we break into the top one hundred 
yeah. you know, recruiting classes. So based on purely talent, you know, assess talent alone, Missouri should be able to bench all their starters and still come away with a W against a team like, like Army. Um, and, and, and that's the way it played out. I mean, this, this was a hard-fought game, but I, I think it, you know, I look back to Army-Navy, I think Navy wanted it more. Tonight, Army wanted it more than Missouri did. Yeah, and you have to give the defense credit in the first half, right? I mean, Missouri scored on their first drive. They marched the ball down the field. And it looked like pretty easily. You saw that SEC talent, right? You saw the speed. You saw the, the wide receivers on, on that first drive. And Army's defense buckled down it, it, to, to um really – Yeah, hold them to those field goals yeah. in the first half. It could have been uh, really ugly at, at the first half if, if one or two of those field goals had gone yeah. for touchdowns. That had been a bridge too far. So to I'm hold them for that bend, don't break kind of thing. I'm watching the game with my steps, and I'm like, if they score a touchdown here, I'm not sure about this game. You know, and yeah. our Army's defense really uh, stepped it up, held them to a field goal. I had the uh, highlights playing in the background. I apologize for that. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, our Army's defense, that's key because, uh, I mean, they, they hold the ball, two field goals, right? It's 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 a manageable at halftime. It's it's sixteen seven, but it's manageable at halftime. Actually, three field goals, and um, you know that then Army comes out with that drive, of course, and uh, man, that pass Christian Anderson to uh, Tyrell Robinson, you couldn't have dialed it up any better to start the second half, right? I mean, that pass was on the money, and uh, that got that certainly got Army's offense going. Yeah, and I think the way that the second half opened up was especially important given the way that the, the, the first half ended and in, in that, I mean, I thought we had a chance in the first half. If we, that last possession, instead of punting it, you know, we, we take it in, you know, it could have been 14, 13 army at halftime. And the fact that um, Missouri got it back and put more points on the board, I'm going, Holy smokes. But yeah, that was a huge statement win for, for Army to come out and score that touchdown to open up the second half. And, okay, we got us a ball game. We're down by two. And uh, that was a stark contrast to the first half. I mean, it, this the second half, I mean, this was a, this is a very entertaining game. I know that in the past um, there's been a writer that ranks bowl games as far as excitement and competition level. And Army's done it again, Steve. This is going to be ranked right up there as one of the more exciting bowl games. I know we have a lot to play in the bowl season, right? I know it's pretty early in the bowl season, but this is a, a buzzer beating finish. Um, if you follow this team very closely, we talked about it. It's a storybook ending where you have a senior quarterback who's battled back through two knee injuries, getting his final chance here to lead army on a game winning drive, puts him in field goal position. And then you have a guy called tally who's, you know, that that's probably Cole Talley's one of Cole Talley's first clutch made kicks in his career. And that's got to do a lot for confidence heading into next season too, because at times, you know, Army's Army's uh, kicking game, you know, like we said, we're not sure how confident the coaches are, are with it. And we're, where they're, where's the target line for an army for army kicker. Sometimes we don't know where the target line is, right? Steve, it, it could move around and stuff. Yeah. So uh, this, this gives um that a lot more confidence. I think that, when you're when you see at the end of the game and Cole Talley's put on the player's shoulders and and they're celebrating, I mean, does it get any better than that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think you know, granted, the mental aspect of any sport is significant, and, and, and certainly within football. But I think there, there's not a position 
on a football team that is more mental than a place kicker because it's it's a lonely place. You're you're an island out there when you take the field for that for that kick. Yeah, there's the the coordination with the place with the placeholder and that. So the, given the importance of the mental aspect, I think you're right. I mean that that's going to be what Cole Talley takes in the off season. That's what he remembers. That's a confidence builder that he can in fact build upon. But what you were saying about you know this being an exciting game. Just a you know a data point as we say among math mathematicians this is anecdotal, but um, you know, matter of fact uh, Joe Ross one of your sponsors, um, Joe Ross his wife uh, Crawdad uh, Bill Crawford and and uh, his wife and my wife we all got together at the local sports bar to watch it, and early on in the game, we were the only ones cheering or groaning or whatever depending on what what happened. By the end of the game. And this was a good sized sports bar. There was probably two thirds of people in there that had asked for televisions to be turned on to the Army game hmm. um, because of the way the dramatic finish and dramatic yeah. second half. So I think you're spot on on, you know, when all are said and done, this will probably be a top five bowl game just in terms of entertainment, excitement, value. Let's get to a couple of these questions we have, uh, viewers. Uh getting into it here. How would you rank the 2021 team versus other teams in the Munkin era? Um, man, you can't beat that 11 win team or that 10 win team, right? The 11 win team might be one of the best in our, in army uh, modern history, Steve. I mean, with that, what they accomplished with that team. Um, so, I mean, you probably put this right up there with, in my opinion, with the not, with the nine win team, probably from last year, you know, um, because the nine one yeah. team, the, the, actually, you have to put that below because the nine one team did beat a Navy and Air Force in back to back weeks, and that's something that'll never happen again. So yeah, and, and that's and that's going to be. I mean, that's the ultimate standard by which any Army team, I think, will be judged. Is okay. Did did you get did you win the Commander Chief Trophy or did you retain it? Okay, we retained it. We went one and one in the Commander Chiefs um, Trophy series. And so that puts a little taint on it. But, you know, one thing I was talking to Joe Ross about, I can't remember if he was thinking, uh, if it was the 84 season or 85 season that they ended up, uh, and I can't remember if it was the Michigan State win or the Illinois win in the bowl game. But in, in that particular season, they lost to both Air, Air Force and, and Navy. Hmm. And, and yet what everybody remembers, they went to a bowl game and beat a Big Ten foe. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm yeah. sort of, you know, talking out both sides of my mouth here, you know, that on one hand, you know, especially as a grad, it's all about, you know, taking down Air Force and Navy. Yeah. At the same time, while we beat an SCC foe um, that was very capable, very talented. We we didn't really mention that. And we might as well get on that topic real quick about a Power 5 win, right? Yeah. So this is the first Power 5 win, I believe, since 2017 at Duke. And this yep. is the first win over an SCC team. Now, they haven't played an SCC team since, I believe, Vanderbilt in 2011, 2012 at yep. home. I remember that game with Trent Steelman, the Army winning that game at Mikey Stadium. So that is their last win over an SCC team. Yeah. I talked about this earlier about um, they were supposed to play Tennessee next year, right? And Tennessee backed out of that game. So this, this in effect, is, I mean, this was, this was a, a, a chance for them on an SCC team. Six and six Missouri. Yes, they didn't have their starting running back, all SCC running back. They were missing a couple guys here and there. Army was missing. Army missed Jordan Law. Uh, Booby Law didn't play today. Chris Cameron didn't play today from Army. You know, so they were missing some key guys too. Um, so you know, 
Army Army gets that power five win that they've been looking for for a while, you know. And last year against West Virginia, that game was a little bit down to the wire, 24-21. Didn't go their way. This year, it goes their way. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's big for the program. Yeah, I think I think it's yeah, I, spot on. Because uh, again, you look at the recruiting profiles. The Missouri, just ba- based on sheer assessed talent, they should be able to field a team with anyone in their three deep chart and come away with a win. So yeah, okay, you you had, were out a couple starters. You had some defensive backups that hit the transfer portal. Got it. Okay. But still, you're an SEC team. You're you're uh, consistently up there, you know, in terms of recruiting and stuff like that. Um, that that's not a card they can play. This is one that Army can truly take some pride in. I think this will help as the coaches, you know, between now and spring ball, hit the recruiting tra- trail. Um, this is something they're going to point to that hey, we you know we went down to to Texas and took on an SEC foe and came away with a W. Yeah, uh, super, you know, thinking about this, some good comments here. Let's get more to the comments while we're at it. A uh, good point by Ken Harms that this was the only bowl game on tonight. This was the yeah. only really sporting – this was only really one of the major sporting events on tonight, you know, COVID. Great hit. exposure. Yeah, so um, g- good exposure for them. Let's go to this one by uh, Moltov, I guess. Great win tonight in spite of just awful defensive coaching on Missouri's last drive. Lost the Navy still hurts. Wish they got that 10th win. Um, yeah, um, on the defensive side, on Missouri's last touchdown drive, like the, the cushion that the, the defensive backs were given, they're playing soft zone, no doubt, right? I mean, yeah. And, uh, you yeah, know, that was the contrast, especially I think back to the Liberty game. You know, Liberty, I think the you know, way we came away from a w, with a W on that one, I love the way our DBs were jamming the wide receivers at the line in that. And, and I thought they were playing a little soft, especially on that last. Uh, scoring drive on Missouri twofold. We weren't jamming the wide receivers at the line. And two, on most p- plays, we had a three-man rush. You know, I, I thought we should have been, you know, bringing the farm at least every other play because, you know, the quarterback, you know, kudos to, to a Missouri quarterback, you know, who hadn't thrown that many balls, but he was effective when he had time in the pocket. You get a little pro- pressure, he was putting a lot of balls in the dirt. Yeah, and they didn't really throw the ball downfield too often in this game where you think, okay, okay. they're going to get that home run hit, right? Um, they had the they had a uh, pass where they went deep, and uh, Mark Helbrotten and two other Army defensive backs yes. that broke up the pass there. I mean, they didn't really complete – I, I want to go back and look at the stats. I don't think the, the long reception was too crazy. So, I mean, you could have took a chance and and sent some more guys, right? If it, Yes, I agree. Especially uh, with the freshman quarterback, too. So, um, yeah, I'm looking real quick. Uh, longest, uh, longest reception was 23 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, they, and that was, yeah, that, that wasn't the touchdown pass. Oh, no, that wasn't the touchdown pass. But, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, you could have took some chances there. I don't know. They're giving them a little cushion. They'd be given that, they were given that eight to 12 yard cushion most of the game. And Cook was taking advantage of it. You know, I mean, that's, a lot of success for Missouri came on the and moving the chains came on that. So um, yeah, they, a lot of just little chip chip shots, but they they played it effectively. Maybe talk about Jacoby Buchanan a little bit more. Um, you know, first off, Army was five for five on fourth down today. 
I mean, that's just uh, <laughs> rolling the dice. And then you think, okay, they're going to go for it again on, um, you know, what are they going to do at the end of the game? And that, that play, like we talked about the play call with Tyre um, to Brandon Walters and just Jacoby Buchanan, Steve, I, I lost track of how many times he convert he's converted a fourth down this year. It's close to 20. It's close to 20 times he's converted a fourth down this year. That's yeah, probably it was crazy. The stat they showed during the game, I think it was 247 rushes without a loss. Um, yeah, he's been pretty consistent. But, you know, it's that whole, you know, as we say in physics, you know, that whole F, F equals MA. When you get that much mass accelerating uh, the force, you know, and again, we saw that there were multiple times he was, you know, I would not have wanted to been been the linebacker on the receiving end of that thing. That <laughs> was Wow. Yes. Yeah, so now he's over 250 carries without a negative yardage play. And it looked like that Missouri might have had him in the backfield on one play, and he was able to shrug off the first hit and get even a yard. I mean, that that's yeah. better than the negative plays. I mean, at the start of the game, right, um, Army had driven down the field a little bit, and they had a couple negative plays, so they had to settle for a field goal. And the field goal was no good, and you thought that, man, um, now they might have to play catch-up most of this game. But then they were able to settle down. Christian Anderson had that touchdown run. You know, Steve, that play is a play that they used a lot in the past. Not so much this year where they bootleg out and kind of have that fullback as that safety valve blocker, right? Yeah. And we saw Buchanan destroy a guy on, on Christian <laughs> Anderson's way to the end zone, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, it, it, and that was good. I, I mean, it, there was – there were a couple of, of uh, certainly not new plays, but ones that were not um, seemingly part of the standard repertoire, if you will. Yeah, um, people. And, people and that want, was that was definitely one that they pulled out and have used for success uh, at several junctures. People want to know like where the where the playbook where this playbook was and where these play calls were against Navy, right? So uh, uh, that's a story. That's a story for another podcast, maybe. But let's go to Brian Keogh here. Last win over Vanderbilt was 2009. I got the dates wrong. My fault, Brian. Uh, we yeah. played them in Nashville in 2011, got whooped, also lost Trent Steelman in that game to an injury. Wow, I, 2009, time flies. That's all I have to say about, <laughs> yes, about that. Holy cow. Let's go to Mike Bell. Mike Bell says, love Army football recruiting looks very strong. We're back to, um, man, well, well, back on the defensive side here that we were talked about, zero pressure and soft zone usually equals bad news. Um, Ken Harms, besides Navy and Air Force, what games are you looking forward to next year? Me personally, I'm looking forward to the Coastal Carolina game. Season um, opener. Wow. Yeah, that's the game. That's it. Other than the other than the Air Force and Navy games, that's the best game on Army schedule. Now I have a little bias. My stepson graduated from Coastal Carolina. And I'm actually, okay. you know, people ask me, Steve, you're an Army football fan, right? Um, cover Army football, uh, write about Army football, but I'm a Coastal Carolina fan, believe it or not. So, uh, people, ah, yeah, okay. so hearing, hearing that, on, hearing that on the Black Knight Nation podcast, you know, I mean, that's going to get me into maybe a little bit of hot water, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've been looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to that game for a while. Um, I believe it's Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. Um, at Brooks Stadium down there. And Grayson McCall is coming back for Coastal Carolina. They're a great quarterback. So that's going to be a great test right away for the Black Knights and Andre Carter and Markel Broughton. Man, that, that's going to that's gonna be something. What, what, oh, oh, I agree. And I think, you know, that's going to be a critical one because normally most teams like to start, start off, you know, go up, go, 
start off the season with that W. And Coastal, I mean, they, they've been a, a solid. I mean, they sort of come out of, and I don't know, Ken Harms busting your chops or Sal. Um, but it's, um, you know, starting off the season with a very solid opponent. But I think, you know, as, as um, Coastal Carolina was solid this year, but not quite as dominant as they were, you know, back in, you a know, slips, a couple slip ups, yeah. Yeah, so they lost, I, I think I think it'll be a good game. They lost to Georgia State, and that's a team that the Army beat. So, uh, right. Uh, Eric says, "See you at Myrtle Beach next year." Yeah, uh, vacation there. It's awesome place to uh, be around for a weekend, especially with a college football game two to ten. Um, Brian Keough, the old call Jacoby, the the human wrecking ball for nothing. He is awesome to watch. That's right, man. Um, the thing I love is the fire of the Buchanan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a Ross Tucker thing, right? I, I, I like, yes. I, I, I like Ross's Ross's uh, like like when he calls the Army football games. We've had him on the Black Nation podcast, yeah. and uh, yeah, the Buchanan's were firing uh, for the touchdown run, no doubt. Um, I was watching again with my stepson, and this is really the first time he's probably watched Army close. He watched the Army Navy game, but Steve, right away, I didn't get to this. I want to talk about this real quick. So against Navy. Fullbacks carried the ball eight times against Navy total eight times, right? In the first drive against Missouri today, Mizzou, I'm calling him now, not Missouri. Eight yeah. times fullbacks touched the ball in the first drive and carried in the, the first ball. series. Enough said, right? Enough said. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw that. I don't know if watching the tape, they just saw, or maybe it's just a different matchup. Um, we, I, we can, we could talk about this for the rest of the podcast, probably if we wanted to <laughs> hear about how, you know, I think that maybe there was a little bit too conservative of, of play calling against Navy, almost like a, we know it's going to be a close game. So we got to keep it, keep it as you know, close to the best and do, I don't know. That, yeah, that's I, I mean, you know, I'm always reluctant or as a general rule of thumb, I default toward, you know, um, holding back questioning play calling. And, and the reason being, you know, if you talk to a coaching staff, what goes into play calling, you know, it begins months before. You know, there's data, there's scouts that are looking, looking at tendencies, looking, you know, what what does a, a particular team do on a down and distance in a certain situa situation? So all that funnels into that. Then you add, you know, the Munkin, you know, analytics that, that factor into that. And so clearly there were things that were seen, things that fed into the the analytics that led to the, the play callings and stuff like that. So to me, you know, it, like they always say, the other team always gets a vote, and and I think yeah. you had to take your hats off to uh, Coach uh, Nimatololo. I think they they brought in some things that clearly um, countered some of their tendencies throughout the, the the regular season, and they threw some things at Army that they were just not ready for uh, or didn't expect. So as you know, Coach Munkin said in the post game presser, he owned it. I got out to coach, and so hopefully they learn from that. Hopefully, we're the ones now doing something a little bit different, and yeah, uh, we, we put Navy back on their heels next year. Good point. We have Charles Davis here. Nine wins, not easy to do. Go Army, go. I'm not sure if that's Charles Davis. The uh, I know Charles Davis is C, uh, CBS Sports uh, uh, pro football analyst. He's a pro football analyst for the NFL. I don't know if that's that Charles Davis. If it is, thanks for hopping on here. And uh, Got a good-looking car in the background, though, in his avatar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you identify that car, Steve? That's the question. So I don't know. It's 
I, I probably could not. <laughs> Ken, Ken Harms with the we're going back to Navy here. Um, yeah, so the fullback play was big today, right? I mean, Jacoby Buchanan, uh, Tyson Riley had a couple tough runs, right? I mean, yes. Anthony Atkins had. I mean, all four guys really chipped in here and there. I mean, Jacoby Buchanan got the most of the load. Then it was Cade Bernard, and then it was um, Tyson Riley every once in a while, and Anthony Atkins. And I think they really distributed the ball pretty well amongst the fullbacks. Yeah, in, in in an option-based offense, you talk to any offensive coordinator, head coach that has you know runs the option. Uh, the best news scenario is if you can establish the fullback, and you know they did that, and that's even you know given that the first half didn't end the way that I would have hoped it would. That's the thing that gave me hope going into the second half that we were working the fullbacks, we were making that happen. Um, and, and eventually that's going to not only take its toll on the, on the defense, but it's going to create tendencies on their part that open up other options, whether it's pass play or, you know, attacking the perimeter. Want to hear a crazy stat of the game? Oh, yeah. 39 carries for the army fullbacks out of 55 in this game. Wow. That's, (laughs) I can't remember the last time it was over 50%. That is pretty impressive. That's a total uh, a flip from la- from the Navy game, right? And yeah. that's, oh, yeah. again, we know it's it's probably based on what they're seeing, what Missouri's lining up to, what Missouri's giving them, and what Navy, Navy really wasn't giving them, possibly, like you said. Um, but 39 carries by the fullbacks today. I mean, uh, uh, just crazy. And uh, Jacoby Buchanan, the leading rusher, with uh, 68 yards on 21 carries. So, uh, And honestly – Steve, they really moved the chains. The, the 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 longest run today by an army running that's not a quarterback was 15 yards. 15 wow. yards today was the longest run by a running back for army where their fullback slot back and stuff. So they really were able to move the chains. They got some important first downs when they needed them uh, on fourth down. And um, man, I I still don't think we can ever talk enough about Jabari Loss. I really don't. I mean. Going into the game, I know that there's a lot of Army fans that want to see him get a chance. They want to just see him on the field one more time. Um, man, before the 2019 injury, he was doing some good things for Army. He was doing some really good things. He was that dual-threat quarterback. He was airing it out. He was uh, breaking off the long runs. And, um, you know, wow, I mean – just yeah. inc- I, I, you're almost I'm almost speechless now because I'm so happy for Jabari Laws and the how he played and the opportunity he got today he he, he was ready he was ready yeah. for it. yeah I I was at matter of fact I was at the game in 2019 uh, against Bucknell where he he had that hit and you know went out for the season and uh, I mean that was gruesome and that was one of those hits you could hear from the stands. And, uh, you know, the way he's battled back, I mean, w- one career ending injury battling back from that is, is noteworthy. But when you come back from two like that, you know, how can you not, you know, help root for a guy like that? And so uh, I, I think it was um, it, it was good to see him come back, you know, to play like he did at the tail end of the game when we absolutely needed him. And, uh you know, he could have come in with a chip on his shoulder and say, well, yeah, you know, why did he play me more? But he came in there, the consummate professional, and um, what a great news story. 
Yeah, I mean, it, you know, reminded me a little bit of is when Kelvin Hopkins kind of came in there, came into the game a few years back uh, for Ahmad Bradshaw against um, it's Temple. That was the Temple game, and oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that was that was a remarkable. That was the drive. Yeah, I mean, a little different. I mean, Kelvin threw a touchdown pass to exactly. Adams to send the game into extras. But, um, man, when you can come off the bench, and we've heard it all year long, right, with these quarterbacks about how, you know, there's no animosity between in the quarterback room. They just want they, – they, they really kind of work together. And, man, it shows today, right? I mean, and it's not something that was forced by the coaches. Christian Anderson, unfortunately, uh, looked like he got an ankle injury in the second half. Tyre Tyler had to come in. Tyre Tyler does what he, he runs the offense very efficiently. And then it's time for a more passing quarterback. Jabari Laws comes in and does his job. I mean, it just it just worked out that way. And I was saying, Steve, maybe I was thinking before this game, and you see that Christian Anderson played the entire first half, right? So you're thinking maybe the Q- QB rotation is not in effect this game. Maybe they're going with Christian Anderson for as long as they can. And things just worked out to where they needed three quarterbacks. And how many teams can pull this off and have three <laughs> quarterbacks playing critical situations and win the game? Well, we learned from last year, right? It's Army. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, uh, we actually had the opportunity to uh, interview the army uh, quarterbacks coach, uh, coach Worley. And uh, I mean, number one, what a great guy. And what that's one thing we asked him about is, you know, uh, given the, the potential turnover, uh, given the high impact kind of role that the, um, the army quarterbacks play that anyone can go down at any kind of time, given the, the hits that they take. And, you know, that he's developed a system that, that, you know, in every practice, they're, you know, three, four deep, they're getting their reps. Yeah, they may not get as many reps, but they're finding the ways to get all the quarterbacks into the practice, to get them, you know, keeping them at game speed and stuff like that. And and I think it's a testimony not only to the individual quarterbacks, but certainly to the coaching staff and the system that they have that keeps those guys ready where they can come into the game. And like you, you pointed out, you know, I just – you know, how are you in competition with people and still be each other's biggest fans? You know, that that points to the culture and the leadership um, that, OK, it's it's all about winning, not my personal accolades. Uh, and, and I think that falls back on Monk and, the, and their, the incredible culture that he's created at Army. You know what? It's 100 percent real. I mean, oh, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's no BS with the quarterbacks either, because I know that, you know, Jabari Laws and Tyre Tyler are really good friends. They came up together through Army. Uh, Christian Anderson, man, uh, just the character of Christian Anderson, you know, he, he's just, and he's a second lieutenant now in the, in yeah. the United States Army. Um, and it's just the leadership, the development of Christian Anderson from last year to this year is, to, is a jump, you know, is, is a jump, a big time jump. And, um, like yeah. we said, they have they have a couple more. Um, the pipeline is still full at quarterback for Army, even though a couple are graduating. Let's get see. We're going to keep this going if you don't mind. We're getting yeah, a lot of comments. Yeah, so enjoy let's, um, let's uh, go, um, uh, guys. If you have are watching right now and want to send comments our way, we'll answer your questions or post your comments on on here. Um, what would what would be your biggest takeaway from the twenty twenty one season, Steve? I'll go to you. Yeah, I, I mean, number one, they can win the critical games. And, and I point to, to Air Force. I mean, that was a hard-fought win. But, it, you know, a couple you know, games, especially if those of you watched uh, Western Kentucky in their bowl game, 
Hmm. You know, I've had a f- couple, you know, uh, fellow Army football fans go, how do we beat those guys? Those guys look amazing. You know, similarly with, with the Liberty, you know, we tend to f- have struggled with, you know, high-powered, you know, mobile quarterbacks, you know, who are, you know, effective throwers in that. And um, so it, I think it, it broadened what we what are those, quote-unquote, winnable games out there that we can go to toe-to-toe with those high-powered offenses and, and come away with the W. So I think we've taken some of the next steps in the in, in those kind of games. At the same time, I, I think, you know, defensively, um, I love, you know, what Nate Woody's done with the defense. At the same time, I think there's some steps we need to take there. So some good news, but some things that I think we still need to grow in, grow in as, as, as a program. I think it's good points there and the takeaways. I mean, you forget, I mean, they did beat Western Kentucky and Liberty. Those are two really solid teams. Um, Liberty, I thought, was going to be a top 25 team this oh, season. Yeah. You know, they had the talent to certainly be a top 25 team. Uh, had some bumps along the way, but played a pretty tough schedule. They played some, you know, played a really t- hard schedule. Um, yeah, the Air Force game was better finish. Air Force game or bowl game? What's that now? Oh, oh, oh wow. Uh, What's the better? I just thought of this question. Like, I, what was the better finish, the, the Air Force game or the bowl game? Yeah, th- that that would be a coin toss. But I, I guess, I mean, this the the win in the bowl game is still ver- too fresh, and I'm still buzzing off of that. So I, I'd have to tip my hat to that. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, we have Eric say he missed Christian Anderson. Oh yeah. We have. Um, let's see. I want to get to a couple of these. Amazing guy, guys, with the comments. We appreciate it so much. Um, hope our punter gets a look at the next level. He is fantastic. Oh, how, yeah. about, how about another NFL punt there for uh, Zach Harding down at the one there? Oh, down at the one, and even the one. It was you know, you know it's 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 funny how far we've come in terms of our perspective, especially with a weapon that is Zach Harding. You know, the, the his last punt, he put it inside the twenty, which is normally the measurement of success, but he only put it on the eighteen. Come on, Zach, you can do better than that. But now, as, as we've got, we've gotten spoiled with a punter of his caliber, and we want to expect that perfect pun each time. But still, it was a pun inside the twenty. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I really think you hear from Jeff Munkin that he thinks Zach Harding can punt at the next level, and when you see how consistent he is, I mean, Steve, there's rarely. I mean, maybe, yeah. I think he's maybe one. Maybe not decent punt all year long. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, think, I, don't yeah, know if I, I, even... I do remember one shank, um, but but other than that, he he's, wow. he's been money. And again, he's been one that has changed the field. Yeah, with, with, with his punting, he's been a true weapon. And you know, I, I I sort of lost the bubble. You know, he went into the season on the Ray Guy Award watch list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I sort of lost the bubble on that that award. Whether or not that's even been. Uh, yeah. I would assume it's been given, um, but you know the fact that he had got that notoriety, I think, is is huge. I was happy to see Andre Carter get All American uh, from AP and even Phil Steele. Um, that's I wasn't sure because I don't I didn't think Andre Carter was getting enough recognition for the season yeah. he was having nationally this year, right? I didn't think he was getting enough. Uh, but the great and when you, and when that happens next year, he's he's on watch list and you know. I don't understand. I mean, I used to vote in some of this stuff, Steve. I used to vote for, I believe, the Ray Guy Award, the Lou Groza Award, AP. 
I, I don't understand how Andre Carter wasn't a factor in maybe Nagurski or oh yeah. Well, I mean, at least uh, a semifinalist. At least I don't think he was ever added to the list this year, which yeah. is in- incredible to me. Uh, t- uh, topic for another day. Let's see. Yeah, um, but, but, but a good comment on that. I mean, going forward with Andre Carter, there's sort of a good news, bad news story on it. You know, the good news is what he's come out of here. And, and the other the second half of the good news is think of what he's going to be like with another year under the mentorship of the strength and conditioning team. He's got a frame that he can put, you know, more pounds on and still retain that speed and quickness. And again, if he wants to play that position at the next level, you know, he needs to put some more weight on it. The challenge for him will be he was sort of an unknown quantity coming into this season. Going into 22, opposing teams are going to know that, okay, here's a player. We've got to count from him, for him on every single play, and if we don't, we're going to pay the price for it. So he's going to have to step his, up his game just to maintain at the level he is because mm-hmm. other teams are going to be ready for him. It will be, be really fun to watch. You know, yeah. is he going to have another 15-and-a-half uh, sack season? Who knows? But, um, you know, if Steve, if he's not a guy who gets drafted in the NFL, I don't know what is yeah. because, I mean he he should be we'll see what happens with army players this year there's going to be some guys that get a shot like a Nolan Cockerell um like a Zach Harding a Harding just off the top of my head those are two guys maybe even Eric Smith too um certainly deserves maybe a rookie camp invite if he wants to go you know yes. I, I certainly I think he deserves it um let's special teams is great in the second half uh yeah Zach Harding punt Cole Talley kick uh, the w- coverage by Asia Marshall was all over the field in special oh, teams. Yes, he was downing yeah. punts. He was making tackles. We have a great photo that is actually the lead into this podcast on him kind of celebrating. With, I believe Brandon Walters after making a tackle on a, I think a kickoff or a punt. I think it was a punt. Um, yeah, and, and, and I agree. I mean, our coverage there were some great tackles. I mean, just mano on mano, one on one kind of thing. But but to talk about you know the the comment there you know, about the special teams great in the second half. Our open field tackling in the second half was much better. There were multiple tackles that, again, were one-on-ones, you know, took them down. Yeah, there were some sloppy tackles, you know, that kind of Ronnie lot. If I run into a guy, he's going to fall over and he doesn't. But at the same time, there was some some great open field tackles, you know, taking them down and especially on special teams. You know, we haven't talked about Malcolm Morrison. Malcolm Morrison made a tackle for loss in the backfield. He made a great one-on-one tackle, too. Senior played his tail off today in his final game for the Black Knights. Great game for Malcolm Morrison. Yeah, he's another one I'm going to be sad to go. Um, But, you know, I I think, you know, as we've shown, you know, with with some of these big high-impact players that we've had, we've been able to find that that next wave that's stepped into those roles. But, yeah, it it was great. you know, given the career that he's had, given the contributor that he's had, for him to go out with this kind of performance and especially that tackle for loss, that was sweet. <laughs> Here's a question. How about some discussion on retaining the coaching staff? Any going on their own? Should any be replaced? Um, well, that's pretty heavy after a game like this, right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you come out of a game like this, how do we how do we hang on to what we have? But again, you know, I think, you know, what we've talked about, you know, that, you know, it all starts with Monk and the culture that he's created, the recruiting pipeline, the system of getting the team ready. It seems to be firing on all cylinders. I, I think we're going to have a tough time hanging on to, um, 
um, you know, some, some of the coaching staff going forward, you know, when you, you know, it's often a byproduct, um, you know, whenever you get, you know, win. And so I, I think uh, hopefully we can hang on to what we have. I, I certainly, there's not one that stands out to me that says, okay, here's a guy we need to replace. It's, it's more, what do we need to build upon uh, to retain these guys? I think, I think Munkin will be a coach. I mean, I think he is stigmatized right now that, okay, he's a triple option or an option kind of mm-hmm. guy. Leadership is leadership. Coaching is coaching at the head coaching level. I think he could step into any system, adjust what he needs to adjust, and, and be very successful. My hope is that stigma sticks with them and that, that keeps other programs away from them. I hope he stays. I hope he retires as a black knight. Yeah, I think this year, you know, you thought maybe Duke was going to be in the picture for Coach Munkin. And, you know, all you hear is people trying to connect the dots to a point, you know, with Coach K. And, you know, maybe they want to, Duke wants to go in a different direction. But Duke did go in a different direction. And there wasn't a lot of talk on even maybe talks with Duke. So that's a good sign. Um, When you have a win like this, I mean, and people want to say, right, give them a lifetime contract, Steve, right? Well, lifetime contracts that are being handed out right now in college football are not yeah. lifetime contracts that West Point can hand out. They can't hand out the 10-year, $100 million contracts. They just right. can't. But seasons like this certainly help um, keep keep Coach Munkin at West Point, I think, right? Another winning season, another bowl victory. Um, the Commander-in-Chief's trophy is staying at West Point. It is staying yeah. at West Point. I mean, it, it, was, it was a split among the three teams. So, I mean, there's, there's still a lot – um, a lot, a lot of good things going on, and there's a lot, a lot of things going on in the future. And you know, recruiting is is pretty good, going well for. I mean, you look at like okay, Navy, right? After that Navy win, is recruiting going to shift a little bit and go on Navy side for, especially right near signing day, right? It was right signing day was the Wednesday after the Army Navy game, yeah. and there might have been a couple kids that chose Navy over army. Did they flip? I don't think there were any flipping. Yeah. I heard about no, but um, now you look at a guy like who was in the stands today, watching this game, Charlie Barnett, a kicker from Westlake in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. They kicked a 53 yarder to win it. Yeah. 53 yard field goal come in the West point. And you say, okay, kicker, right? Hey, I mean, that Westlake is one of the best programs in Texas. Um, they won three straight, straight t- state titles, and um, you know this this kid from all I've seen and just talking to him is very legit and wants to be at West Point. He, yeah, he, I mean, he wants to be, and he's attended the UConn game in a visit, and he was in attendance for the Armed Forces Bowl. When you have recruits see winning like this in person, it's infectious, right? I mean, winning this bowl game and seeing how they won this bowl game. That's infectious. I think. Yeah. I mean, mean, and think about, you know, the number of games over the last couple of years where, you know, okay, we're, we've got it on fourth down, fourth down and three. That's probably outside of our little, our sweet spot in terms of going for it on, on on fourth down. And there've been a few of those that we punted because we're 48 yards out and those kind of things. Not sure a field goal is, is, is the prudent way to go. Now suddenly you bring on a kicker who can make it from 50 yards. You know, yeah. maybe that leads to some, you know, not only some points, but to some wins down the road. So, yeah, yeah, you can't discount the importance of a good uh, place kicker. Um, let's go to um, awesome, amazing air show videos. 
choice of MVP in tonight's game. A surprise it was to me. We talked about this earlier, but we could talk about it quickly again. Eric Smith got the MVP uh, for Army. Um, the candidates could have been Cole Talley, Jacoby Buchanan. Anybody else or, or your your quick take on it, Steve, again? Yeah, I, I, all of those would probably be at the top of my list. I mean, you know, Christian Anderson. I mean, he came in and played a solid game, both both with his legs, both with his arms. You know, I, I had, um, you know, I, I thought that would, that was good. And uh, you know, Andre Carter, you know, he was a presence. You know, yeah. both with his the sack and and the fumble recovery. Um, so yeah, you you could probably pick any one of of those guys and and make that'd be a good choice. Here we go, Eric. Again, any early consensus for twenty twenty two? A step back, or should the program be moving forward? It seems like we're losing a lot of key players. Um, losing a lot of key players, yes, but the schedule is a little lighter than it is this year, um, right, Steve? We talked about Tennessee not being on the schedule, and there was a question in the chat that I didn't post before. I apologize. Who replaced Tennessee on the schedule? Villanova is going to come yeah, Villanova. Villanova, who went to the um, FCS uh, playoffs, I think he finished in the top. They finished in the top ten. Um, so yeah. I mean, going to be a worthy foe. Yeah, I mean, does the schedule the the home schedules? You know, the Army usually plays well at home. The home schedules, you know, not. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. um, so, close. We talked about Coastal Carolina being the first, the toughest game, probably. That's not. Air Force and Navy on the schedule. Uh, we'll find a lot about this team and get in week one. Simple as that, right? So, yeah, and, and I think I, I mean I would say as a whole, and I, probably in the next month I'll do a detailed um, schedule analysis of twenty-two. Uh, what I call my much too early schedule analysis kind of thing. But um, I, I think there are going to be some programs. I think both Air Force and Navy will be tougher next year. Mm. Um, so I think on the aggregate, I, I, I think it may be at least as tough, if not a little bit tougher you know, going into that. And certainly starting off the uh, the year with a, a formidable foe like uh, Coastal Carolina. No doubt. Got to wonder just how much the Army win two weeks ago helped the Navy coaching staff big time this year. Without that win, it would have really been insecure time for them right now. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think – and I think that, that – that really highlights what Navy's motive is. I think at the player level, okay, this has been a horrible year, but we can go out on a positive note. And so the, the individual players probably had that motivation, but from a coaching staff, they were probably thinking, okay, we lose to army on the heels of an atrocious season. I'm not looking forward to hitting the recruiting trail and trying to sell this program. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, Amazing air show videos. This <laughs> is spot on. Here we go, uh, Eric. With, that's right. You, you, uh, Texas San Antonio is on the schedule for Army next year. So uh, that's another team that was in the top twenty-five this year. Um, they played San Diego State right in the bowl game. Uh, they, they played San Diego State, I believe, last night in the bowl game. San Diego State yes. won, but San Diego State top twenty-five team. So. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, UTSA, in short order, has st- stood up a very viable program. And the thing that they have seemed to have mastered, again, in a very short time, is how to work the transfer portal to their advantage. Yeah. And, you know, we saw Western Kentucky do that with Houston Baptist and grabbing all those players. Yeah. And I think, you know, for some of those, you know, especially group of five teams, you know, unfortunately – West Point, we can't avail ourselves of the transfer portal. 
But UTSA, we think we know the team that we're going to face next year, but who knows what they do in this iteration of the transfer portal. You know, they may grab some Power 5 players that have that uh, final year of eligibility. And uh, uh, I, I think UTSA is going to be a tough, tough, tough um, opponent. Yeah. Um, thoughts on why the dominance of Air Force has faded. This has turned into a Q&A podcast, Stephen. That's okay. I guess, <laughs> you know, well, we talked a lot about the game. I mean, what else really can we break down during the game, right? So now yeah. we're, we're uh, almost a, 1 o'clock here on the East Coast AM, and it's a Q&A. Uh, for yeah. our you got to love the enthusiasm for the – Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it. But, you know, on that question, you know, one thing I have since, you know, Army, Army Navy, there, there is a, you know, yeah, when they get in the trenches and they're going after each other and, and that, but there, there's still a respect. I know for both Navy and Army, they utterly hate Air Force. And I could go on with some stories uh, from players and, and different things um that, that add to that but i think it's uh the the vitriol between those those programs as as ramped up and i think that is um both navy and army really want to take down for some very personal reasons i think so yeah uh, but but i think you know you know air force part of a conference you know um it, it's tough it's tough for an academy to compete in a conference and, gets, I, and I think Air Force has had a tougher time recruiting while playing in a conference. And I think that's been really the big tilt. It gets um recruiting between the academies is so competitive, right? Oh, and yeah. sometimes there's some uh, tactics, like, let's just say, that are not, you know. So I'll just leave it at that. Sometimes the you're competing uh, for the same kids. You're comp competing for, you know, a lot of the same uh, positions position kids and sometimes the tactics are a little sketchy so i'll leave it at that um we have some a uh, couple uh new people joining the chat just want to get their questions in uh right now we'll get to the other questions as soon as we can uh bobby natalie here 10 years from now remember number 12 from missouri getting close <laughs> oh yeah 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 and it wasn't just number 12 i mean uh the the buchanan uh really i mean he just pancaked several guys during the course of the game and and they were they were rethinking their decision making paradigm about taking him on one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> no doubt um let me get to another question i wanted to get to a post by army uh tight ends coach mac drink all real quick um, oh yeah drink all man love that guy yeah we'll get to another uh oh here we go let's go to chuck phillips chuck phillips has do you think Cade ballard will have a shot at quarterback he can run and pass I think absolutely he's in the mix for for the spring, uh, Cade. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought that you know when you have four or five guys that are competing for the quarterback position, right? And you're like, who's going to separate themselves at the beginning of the year, and who's going to be the guy, so to speak? And that was Christian Anderson this year. Yeah, he did that, and so then the depth chart falls into place where you know, you had Tyre Tyler finishing the season last year, and more of a running style quarterback, I guess, if you want to say. So depth chart kind of falls into place. And Jabari Laws, maybe, I think, I don't know what the coaches were really expecting from Jabari coming back from two yeah. knee injuries, right? Um, and he steadily progressed during the season. And then Jamel Jones got into some action, and um, he got a little yeah. banged up. And, yeah. uh, you know, 
I just think uh, it, it was the depth of the Army quarterbacks this year and the health of guys. Uh, Christian Anderson did play hurt sometimes this year. Tyre Tyler was playing hurt this year. Um, last year, those guys suffered injuries that they had to sit out for a game or here or there. So, um, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think he's going to be in the mix. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you yeah, go see. Yeah, I think Cade will definitely be in the mix. You know, the thing I love about Cade, I love his decision-making. I love his field vision. You know, he's not the quickest, fastest kind of guy, but but his field vision makes up for that. He, You know, he sees the gap, and he's all in on the gap. You know, I even think about to a play in particular tonight uh, with Christian Anderson. He had a gap, and he hesitated. And instead of it being a six-yard gain, he got like one yard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ken Ballard is one of those guys, again, not the fastest, not the quickest, but his field vision is such that when he sees that gap, he's, he's there. But I think he also brings a lot of the intangibles. He, uh, you know, his leadership, um, he's a winner. He's a guy that can get back in the huddle, you know, be down by 10 points and say, you know, we got five minutes, we're going to win this game and make his teammates believe that. Because, you know, he still has yet to lose a game as a starter in Crazy. both his college and high school career. So I think he'll be in the mix. But again, the pipeline is stoked. Um, you know, we mentioned Bryson Daly as, as a plebe coming in who's getting a lot of accolades. Almost that that Ronnie Makeda kind of guy. You know, I was was amazed. Ronnie Makeda, a guy that tall and big that could was so effective in running the option. Bryson Daly bring you know reminds me of that kind of physique um, in that. So I think, yeah, Kate will be in there, but I, I think it'll be a hard-fought battle. Uh, but it's nice. We got options. That's always no good. Uh, Kenneth Kalnich, sorry if I pronounced the name wrong. Um, mispronounced the name, sorry, Ken. Uh, think about when Coastal and TSU were scheduled, thought was likely that these would be the two nice easy games to begin with the season, right? Now there are the rising programs, and we, we talked about how they're doing it. Well, not so much Coastal, but how Texas uh, UTSA is doing it through the transfer portal, right? Yeah, yeah, and the whole transfer portal has transformed, and, and I think a little bit more on the positive side, especially when we get in the NIL and we can talk about all those kind of things, I think are negative influences, but the the – the, the programs, especially, you know, again, Power Five or, excuse me, you know, um, Group of Five that learn to work the transfer portals, there's going to be a huge change in the quality of a team from year to year. And so it, it's going to be hard to prognosticate. Here we go. <laughs> so maybe this is not the end of the season for Army, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually we actually talked to uh, Joe Ross and uh, – Crawdad and I, we talked about that this evening. You know, hey, you know, uh, you know, the academies, we don't release our guys. Uh, you know, COVID protocols are part of inherent part of academy life. Um, all of our guys haven't been released for Christmas. Hey, let's uh, want to uh, let us have a number two ball bowl game. So, but you know, it would be a replay of a Wake Forest game. So I don't know if that'll happen. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, interesting. Right now, I guess Rutgers was some. I think there was a report that I don't know that Rutgers wasn't going to play in it. And now they might, they could be playing in the Gator Bowl now. Who knows? Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I have to catch up on that. Um, let's see what else we have. Here's a couple of the same. Uh, first off, Steve, let people know where they can find your work. Yeah, the main thing we do it through the um, uh, our Facebook page, Crawdads, uh, Crawdads Countdown to Kickoff, and uh, you know, sort of clearinghouse. We we pull post. Uh, I try to post everything that Sal puts out there. 
um, sort of a one-stop shopping kind of thing of a lot of different outlets out there. Um, but yeah, I, I do a few articles periodically on our on our Facebook page. And again, Crawdads Countdown to Kickoff. Thank you. Yeah, give give that Facebook page a like or a follow. Uh, and uh, if you want to catch up on Army sports, not just Army football, Steve does a great job of covering just about every Army sport possible. We had a, a question here that I didn't post on the men's basketball team. Uh, we want to talk about – we're going to keep talking about football for a couple more minutes. <laughs> I mean, the men's basketball team today played at South Carolina, and, uh, you know, uh, they lost against South Carolina uh, SEC team. So, you know, um, we'll see what happens once they start Patriot League play. It's a younger, it's a younger team, right? I mean, they graduated a lot of talent on that team. Oh, yeah. Um, Josh Caldwell is is back. And, um, Rucker. You know, yeah, and they're getting they're getting some they're getting some inside play, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, know but, but, but if I could, I, you know, that was we actually had two Army versus SEC games, and and the the basketball game was was Army versus South Carolina, and um, South Carolina did what South Carolina did, and I think they they won by thirty, so it was a pretty yeah pretty formidable win. Here I, I went to this question a couple. Uh, we need Army Air Force to stay at Mikey Stadium every other year, not a traveling field each year. Well, they got one more game at a Globe Life Field next year, right, Steve? And we'll see what happens with that. You know, I'm a proponent of keeping it at the home stadiums of the teams, too. I guess that both of the academies got, got some money or financially compensated for the Globe Life Field games. Um, but I'm trying to remember that the attendance wasn't like it was – sold out or anything in that game right so i mean it wasn't the greatest attended game um was a great game was a great college football game yeah if you if you you bought a ticket you certainly got your money's worth but um i don't know you look at this i didn't check it i didn't hear attendance number for this uh, bowl game yeah i don't i think and it was a global life which which is the texas rangers um uh, field and again, it's a baseball field that can be wickered into a football configuration, like similar that. to when they do it. Uh, you know, the Yankees have started hosting some. Yeah, I like that. And, and it's just not good. But I think Globe Life, when it's in the football configuration, they can accommodate about forty thousand. And I think they fell short of that. It was not a sellout. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, man, it seemed like um, Amy G. Carter Stadium was pretty full tonight, Steve. I mean, oh, I didn't. Yeah. It seemed like there was a good crowd there for I think their their record is forty five thousand there. I don't think they were anticipating that many, but still, if if you can get in excess of thirty thousand for a bowl game, you're doing pretty well, I think. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at this this level, I think you're you're spot on. Here's uh, Bay Knight chiming in with bring back Air Force and Army to their home fields. Um, Eric says we were spoiled by Ahmad Bradshaw's durability. Ahmad was really tough guy. He didn't come out of the games too often. So uh, not all. Um, let's see. Uh, we have an advantage with the prep school since Ken's harms on recruiting. We're, we're a little bit behind here. I apologize. Lots of questions. Any inside info on the East stands reno, uh, renovation and do they have the cash? Is it going to be delayed? Um, last night they did a this week in army football show and Mike buddy was on there with rich DeMarco. And he said right now they're at about, 80 million they have oh wow so they have yeah, funded think, yeah 95 is the goal so they're, they're well, getting close he was on the ask for football 
podcast, friends of our podcast too, the Ask for Football guys, check out their coverage of this game and what they do with their podcast. Great content for Army football and Army sports. Um, they had Buddy on again. I thought Buddy said it might have pushed over $100 million now the cost. Um, uh, I get this. <laughs> please don't quote me on this, but I think that they want to open the field for new re- – the, the renovations will be cleared be completed by the start of the 2024 season, I think is the plan. I could, I, I might have a year off there, but I think that's the plan for them to do that. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a topic that, you know, the, the, the history of Mikey stadium, right, Steve. And I'm a guy that maybe is a little bit too stuck with the history of teams in the sport. And I would like to keep Mikey stadium the way it is. Right. But I get, that that's going to bring in some luxury boxes and they're, they're trying to draw a different crowd of people from New York city. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I, I the, you know, you look at the, um, I guess the 3d drawings or the virtual drawings of the renovation that were five, six years ago released. Right. I mean, yeah. it looks sharp. It looks updated, but there's something about Mikey stadium, just that, the way it is, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a simplicity, um, you know, that, that, that points to academy football, you know, that you're, you're playing for the love of the game and that. And while I'd love, you know, to, to remain sort of like, you know, you, you know, sort of that altruistic, you know, kind, kind of thing, but, the, you know, the reality of it, and, you know, I mentioned, you know, the whole NIL uh, name, image, image likeness with mm-hmm. that, you know, that effectively gives – schools with the financial wherewithal to give limitless scholarships. Yeah. And so, um, you know, h- how does army compete in that environment? You know, where we may not necessarily be doing those kind of things, but we've got to, we've got to be able to sell our program on facilities and coaching Good point. And, and resources to be able to compete at the, you know, at the FBS level. And so it, it, it's an unfortunate byproduct that the programs are forced to figure out new ways to generate revenue, uh, to feed into their program, to keep their fil- facilities state of the art, to be able to pay their coaches uh, sufficiently to retain them. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just a reality of where we are with college football. Yeah, Bay Knight said the pinstripe bowl is lucky to yeah. draw twenty k. Would be harder to draw at Mike Stadium. Now, uh, I think there was a qu- first off before we get to another question, I just wanted to get to this Matt Drinkall quote um, on Twitter. Uh, he posted about an hour ago. You fight, you fight until hell freezes over. Then you fight on ice. Go army, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a takeoff on their their little chance, sort of the brotherhood chance. You know, you fight, you bleed. You know, and so you can fight no more, and then you fight some more, kind of thing. So he's doing a little little spin on that. I'm not sure where the ice comes in when you're playing in the the Dallas Fort Worth area, and I think it was like 58 <laughs> degrees. So. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Navy played a bowl game at their own. Oh, let me post it before I. I'm jumping ahead here. Navy played a bowl game at their uh, yeah. home, home field a couple of years ago. Would it be great to see Army bowl game at Mikey. Maybe they cannot. Cannot. Uh, I, yeah, I would I, not. I do not want to see Army play a bowl game at Mikey Stadium. Yeah, that's and, me again. Traditionalist in me. I do not want them to say. I don't want to see the Mikey Stadium Bowl or anything like that ever. Um, those games, Mike, the game football games at Mikey Stadium are meant for the regular season, in my opinion. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know how you feel about it. 
Yeah, and, and a bowl game at Mikey would be a tough sell because anybody who's been there on game day, that's one of the liabilities that, that Army has. It's it's tough to get a on post, you know, get off post and the parking and all those kind of things to do that in a bowl environment. Um, especially, and I think, you know, Highland Falls is getting ready to get one of their first really big hotels. Um, oh. You know, people don't want to come to a bowl game and have to drive, you know, an hour to their hotel. So I, I think that's a tough yeah. sell, but yeah. Um, good point. Good point. Um, let's see if we have any more, man. We've probably had like 50, uh, we've had a lot of it. Great uh, feedback from the fans tonight after a win, like uh, Army's 24, 22 win over Missouri in the armed forces both night, man, the fans have come out strong here in, into the wee hours of the morning here. Steve. <laughs> yeah. Basking in the afterglow of a, of an army football win. Oh yeah. No doubt. I was just trying to see if there was any uh, other comments that uh, from Facebook posts or anything. I mean, from Twitter or Instagram posts on there. But um, we're gonna probably we're gonna probably wrap it up, guys. Uh, thanks so much. We'll, we'll get a couple more questions if they came in. Um, Ken Harms just says the views of the reservoir are gonna be lost. Uh, I guess right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see the design. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've talked to the guys who have done the, the, the thing. You know, even as you're at right now, the only time you have a true view of the the reservoir is if you're in the upper decks. Yeah. Um, and given that the extension on the east side, it's 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 going to be higher, but it's further away. It's it's on the the edge of Lusk Reservoir. The view will not be substantively changed. At least oh, that's yeah. you know people that I've talked to that are intimately involved in that redesign. Out training facility and weight room is first. Or our training facility and weight room is first class. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I consistently hear that is one of our best recruiting tools that yeah. we, we have a, you know, the, the, the weight room and the, uh, the training facilities are on par uh, with some of the best programs in the country. Yeah. I mean the indoor with a fully athletic center, right. Where you oh, have a yeah. hundred yard indoor field where no matter what the weather oh, is, you can, you can go in and practice that. And the practice fields, they have two practice full practice fields outside of the fully athletic center. And yeah. they don't really like to practice at Mikey uh, during the game week. You know, they say yeah. that for the games and maybe the kickers will go down and practice a little bit. Yeah. Um, there are even power five teams without facilities to match ours. So yes. No doubt. Uh, amazing air show video says, thanks for the show. Steve, this has been our first time and this has been great. I mean, we've really been able to bounce ideas off each other. We've really been able to answer questions from all the uh, fans we have here. We broke down the game. Uh, I think we broke down just about every play. I don't know if we missed that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, and if I could tell, uh, I want to echo uh, the poster. Th thank you, Sal. I mean, as as an Army football fan, um, I, I have loved your work for many, many years. That's why I make sure I mean, if I see an article, if I see a podcast, I try to get that on our Facebook page because uh, I absolutely love your work. Um and um, lo love to give it visibility. So thank you for your investment uh, on our behalf as, as fans. So appreciate you, brother. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In our podcast, man, we were hitting home runs for a while there, right? We had um, Pete Dawkins. We had oh, last wow, week, we yeah. had uh, Ollie Villanueva. Uh, we've had Mike Mayweather. I mean, you're talking about Army football uh, oh, yeah, icons pretty much, right? <laughs> I mean, and uh, we had the uh, 2010 Armed Forces Bowl reunion last night with guys like you know, Steve Anderson, the co-host. A little late for Steve uh, tonight. Um, 
But uh, Josh McNary, uh, uh, Donnie, you know who was great to talk to out of that group? Zach Peterson. Ah. Zach, Zach Peterson was a center on the uh, 2010 Armed Forces. Um, yes. And he's coming um, back up to West Point, and he's going to be involved with the team and be like um, the assistant director of football operations, I believe, okay. uh, for the team. So we'll see Zach Peterson uh, if we ever get back to, like, the normalcy where we can hit practices or, you know, get to the sidelines uh, during some, some time, we might be able to talk to Zach. Zach was great to have on guys like uh, Seth Reed, Donnie Dixon, Josh Jackson. It was pretty, it was pretty great uh, that podcast too. So we're, we're looking to do a couple different things too. And Steve, if we can uh, get you guys involved in any way, we'll, we'll, we'll work together on this. And I mean, like something like this was great tonight. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait till close to Carolina to review a game, unless, of course, Army takes the Gator Bowl. You know, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> but, but you know, um, let's get a couple more in here before we leave. Um, Grayson McCall has decided to return to Coastal Carolina. We touched on that earlier, Bobby. Thank you. Um, Eric has. It would be great if you guys could do a show during spring ball. Oh, Steve, you guys do 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 you guys do do anything during spring ball? Yeah, actually, we, we have not. So yeah, I'd love to figure out a way to, to, to do that. that. That'd be great. Yeah. We got Charles Davis saying, thanks, Sal. Excellent job. Thank you, yeah. Charles. And we got, uh, Ben Davis saying, thanks guys. Go army. Great win. Uh, man, it's getting late. See, we got, I think we got to sign off on some time. Right. We, we got to get our beauty sleep. Even Anderson's uh, leading, uh, get some beauty sleep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but guys, um, Check out blacknightnation.com for coverage. I'm not going to write a game story. I probably write a game story sometime tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be like maybe uh, almost like a quick thoughts, maybe too, included something like that combination. And uh, we had Lynn Fern, a freelance photographer at the game. Uh, Lynn shot Army Navy for us a, a couple weeks back. And so I'll post a gallery of her photos. She had some really good ones uh, earlier that I was able to get on um, Twitter and stuff. Check our Twitter accounts out. Uh, Sal Intertonado and uh, BK Night Nation. Um, give us, a, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a, a subscribe. Uh, like this podcast. Um, we're on podcast platforms everywhere. Uh, give us a listen. I mean, uh, if you can't sleep at night, the perfect things that I get you kind of, uh, you know, we kind of keep them. This is a little long tonight, Steve, but uh, we try to keep uh, the, the podcast uh, at a reasonable. Um, hopefully they don't put you to sleep. What am I saying? <laughs> it's late, but, and, and Steve, one more, one more, uh, one more plug for you guys. Yeah. Crawdads countdown to kick, uh, kick off. We, we, both, we have a Twitter account, but we, we primarily are through our Facebook page. Um, you know, do do articles and uh, and during in season football, we do a weekly. Um, we do both a live broadcast via our local ESPN radio affiliate, and then uh, do that in a, both the Facebook Live and do a, a podcast that we uh, post out. So we do that weekly during uh, the football season, and uh, we've contemplated you know expanding that beyond the, the season. Uh, but you know, just a group of us passionate fans love it, love it, and it really spawned from. Used to sit around drinking beer, talking about Army football. And we said, "Hey, why don't we, uh, you know, broaden, uh, you know, those those that get uh, are involved here?" And uh, that was the genesis of that. We're now in our this is our eleventh uh, season. Absolutely. When I was a beat writer, right, I used to come in uh, 
uh, oh, yeah. during pre-games uh, underneath the Mikey Stadium trying to find the best signal I can uh, <laughs> yeah. talk to you, you guys for. Telephone transmission and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back back in the day. Good good times, yeah. good times. This is this has been great, Steve. Thanks a lot for hopping yeah, on. Thank you so Watch. much for having me. Enjoyed it. Absolutely, guys. Uh Army wins 24-22 over Missouri. Uh, Armed Forces Bowl fourth. They're now 4-0 in the Armed Forces Bowl. The Black Knights finished with nine wins again this season. They're 9-4, and four, and they wiped that bad taste of the Navy right out with a, a buzzer-beating winning field goal by uh, Colt Halley, uh, 41 yards for, for the win. Guys, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll, we'll be back with more coverage. Uh, check Steve out at uh, Steve's Facebook page out at Cardad's Countdown to Kickoff. And we're out tonight. Thanks so much.